Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You know, I remember when we launched into East County, we weren't in a building like this. We were in, a, I think, a high school. I remember preaching there and... Pastor Michael and Lisa said yes to coming out here. And then I remember we came over here and we were in a parking lot for a while. But you know what I remember? Even in the parking lot, God was here. I remember like being marked in the parking lot like God is here. God is here. And, and then we had to go rent some bar for a season. And, you know, I don't think any of that was accidental. What we found is when God's building great things, he needs to test our heart before he gives us a building like this. It needs to be stewarded by faithful men and women who paid a price before they had all the bells and whistles. That's why when you come in here, it's excellent. It's extraordinary. This sounds good, but there's a depth to it. There's a depth to East County, there's a potency because we paid a price tag of faithfulness. I want to take a minute and honor um, Pastor Michael and Pastor Lisa. And, um, and uh, I think the word that I get over you guys is, um, is trustworthy. And because you're trustworthy, you're trusted with much. You're trusted with people. You're trusted with the anointing of Awaken. And such a privilege to be trusted with this. And, but what I see is you guys are faithful, trustworthy. You know, we just came off Mother's Day. Anybody? Uh, and uh, we all have a mother, by the way. And I was thinking about um, the mother of this campus. Pastor Lisa, and when they launched out into to say yes to pastoring East County, um, Pastor Lisa had just lost her mother tragically. And uh, if there was ever a time that somebody would say, "Yeah, I probably need to push pause on responding to the call of God," it would have been right then. But the mother of this of of Awaken East County said no. No, it hurts. It's traumatic. I got a lot to process, probably still processing. I imagine Mother's Day is a little tricky. And yet you just continue to say yes. And I just want to tell you, God is so, so pleased and he's selected you. I'm going to tell you something about awakeness. We value the voice of a father and a mother. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Hear me. The reason we value the voice of women and the reason we value the voice and trust the voice of a mom over this campus and Pastor Lisa, it's not just for the women. I'm going to tell you, the people that need a mother's voice most is actually men. 
Oh, come on now. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about, guys. And the reason, the reason we can consistently elevate the voice of healthy women is because we live in a world where the only voice that's been allowed that's been spiritual has been the voice of Jezebel. Voice of wickedness and perversion, a family destroyer, a man eater, a child destroyer. And the church is notorious for shutting down the voice of a woman, not awaken. We intentionally elevate and raise the voice of healthy mothers. I just think even as you were sharing, Pastor Lisa, I heard you said, I'm sending my three sons off to emerge, Junior. And I'm just saying, you're, you're a mother of your own boys, but there are men in East County that are going to resonate with you. They're going to feel safe. You're going to put deposits in them. You're going to model not just beauty and not just excellence, but you're going to bring a repair to disconnects that men have had with their mothers. And you're going to be a mother, not just of great women, but a mother of men. And so we just want to honor Pastor Michael, Pastor Lisa. Telling you, telling you. Thank you for saying yes in spite of. Thank you for continually saying yes and processing out. Sometimes your yes comes before you have all the answers. Your yes might come while it still hurts, while it still stings. A lot of times our healing is when we obey God, when we don't have it all figured out yet. So we just want to honor the model you are and the treasure you two are. And um, Last thing I'm going to say, we have a extraordinary mother of Awaken in Pastor Leanne. And uh, yeah, hear me. I think it's next Wednesday. She's been asked to come and speak in Nashville, Tennessee for Charlie Kirk at Turning Point. Yeah. Get used to this. Get used to this. America is desperate for the voice of healthy mothers. Not woke, not woke moms, but healthy moms. Christian leader. I'm telling you. Be praying. Be, be praying for Pastor Leanne this week. Um, there's already been a lot of heat. It's so sad that a lot of the heat she's been getting has been from religious people. So in, it just blows our mind. We have no idea how fortunate we are. But can we be praying for Pastor Leanne and this week and, and be excited for her if you see her? Um, just be shouting her down. And Anyway, one more time. High five a couple people. Worship team, you guys are on fire. Dang. We're going to move quick today. We're going to move quick today. Um, really want to talk about the Holy Spirit a little bit. And um, I want you to know something about the Holy Spirit is, you know, I've come out of the business world, didn't actually want to be a pastor kind of liked serving God in the business world. But the reason I liked it is because I had seen the power of God come on our business. I've seen the power of God come on us to have wisdom, to make great hiring decisions, to solve problems. And I just like being where 
the power of God is. And so my experience was that's where God was. And so pastoring, I didn't, our definition of success here is figure out what God's called you to do and do that. And, but to say that we've been in the marketplace and not dependent on the Holy Spirit, it's not like we, we started pastoring and now we're depending on God. We've been, we've been depending on God our whole life and depending on the Holy Spirit our whole life. Now we're just figuring out how to do it as pastors. Thank you. Thank you. It's been good, babe. Got my beautiful wife. You're so stunning. Another mother of boys. Um, But I want to talk about a message called A River Runs Through Me and the intention of God for the power of God to flow through us. And we're going to go through the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And then we're going to have an opportunity at the end to really come forward and respond to God here. These are Wednesday nights, by the way, if you don't know. Um, we, when we do Wednesday nights, we come to encounter God. Um, we come to access. The Bible says approach the throne of God or the altar of God um, to receive grace and find help in your time of need. There's no one that is a better helper for your life than the Holy Spirit. There's no one, there's no one that will activate you, that will turn you on, that will turn you up, that will address the things in you that aren't working like the Holy Spirit. You know, what it said about John is there were two baptisms. We had the baptism um, into new life, but there's a baptism that Jesus came to give. It's called the baptism in the Holy Spirit and in fire. And we, we really preach that apart from the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a difficult time in a dark and twisted and tormented world. But if you will receive the power of God and let your life be filled with his power, you will able, actually be able to go into the world and be a light, a light that darkness can't extinguish. It's not that Jesus was the light of the world that couldn't be extinguished. He came to purchase back you so you could now carry his light. He needs your power and your and his fire in you. Okay, so let's, let's talk about it real quick. We're going to start in uh, John 7, 37 to 39, reading in the New Living Translation. It says, on the last day, The climax of the festival, Jesus stood and shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given Because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. Please understand this. You have a God who paid an extraordinary price for you. To forgive you. To restore you into relationship with the Father. But also to restore everything the Father intended for you to operate like. And so we don't just preach salvation and forgiveness. We preach divine empowerment for your assignment. Yeah. I don't know if you're hearing me. Jesus paid a great price for you to be powerful, for you to be filled with his spirit. It would be a shame to not access everything he paid for. He paid this extraordinary 
price. We talked about it in communion. He paid this extraordinary price. What if you decided not to turn the receipt in on some of the things he paid? How much of the blood of Jesus are we going to squander and treat like, yeah, that's good, but it's just not something I feel like applying to my own life. The Holy Spirit is the most valuable thing that he intended to fill you with. The God nature, the divine nature in you. We're not intended to identify with the first Adam any longer. We were corrupt. We were perverse. We were self-oriented. But Jesus bought us to restore us into the nature of God. We identify now with the second Adam, Jesus Christ, who purchased us back from bondage and darkness and deception to carry his light in this world. We are meant to be carriers, rivers of living water, flowing in us, flowing through us, watering and irrigating the world we've been set in, in this hour. I like it out here. East County's got some fire. Real quickly, Revelations 22, 1 and 2. This is John in, this is what God began to show um, John, the same John who was recording earlier what Jesus had done. Now he's revealing to John what he's going to do. It says, then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street, and on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with fresh crops each month. Then the leaves were used for the medicine to heal the nations. First thing I want us to see is that rivers restore things. Fact, if you're spiritual, according to Galatians, he who is spiritual should restore. Everywhere the river goes, life should go. There's a lot of things that need to come to life around us. That's why the rivers of living water need to flow through us because there's a lot of things that God wants to restore. Okay, so we're going to pick this up. Um, also in John, John 4, 14 through 19. We're gonna do, I'm not going to do 16 scriptures, Pastor Michael Hundley. I don't have the courage to pull that off. John 4, 14 through 19. But those, this is, now just so you know, this is when Jesus encountered the woman at the well. A Samaritan woman, okay, who was actually not living for God and really had no business having access to the promises of God. But Jesus is a restorer. He's a person that likes to fix things that are broken. He likes to reset things that aren't working. He's a divine engineer. That means he created something to work, and when it's not working, he wants to fix it. Anyone who's ever built anything, if it's not working, they want it to work. You got the divine engineer who built you, and you're dysfunctional. He doesn't just want you forgiven. He wants you functioning. He wants you functioning and then empowered, then plugged in. Doesn't want you flickering, occasionally turning on. 
He wants you functional and empowered. So he's come across a person that he wasn't supposed to be talking to. That's what I love about Jesus. He went all the places religious people wouldn't go, and he brought life. Jesus didn't come to bring a new religion. He came to bring life. He came to restore things that aren't working anymore. When he found me, I wasn't working. Okay, he finds this Samaritan woman who's got some issues. Reminds me a lot of myself when he came and found me. It says, those who drink the water I will give them will never thirst again, never be thirsty again. It became a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. He's like, go and get your husband. I like this about Jesus. She's like, I I don't have a husband, the woman replied. And Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. Let me tell you something a little bit if you want to see restoration. God's love, God's mercy, God's empathy, God's care, God's compassion has to live in tension with truth. He can't repair something if he doesn't correct it. And I'll tell you something about uh, preaching that has power. It's full of mercy. It's full, full of compassion. It has a fierce hatred for the devil. We love to put the devil in his place. But it also must live in tension with truth. If you're going to restore anything, you can't just allow it to be dysfunctional and then be compassionate. Oh, they're there. Oh, they're there. Yes, I want, I know you want to change your gender. I understand that's like a thing these days. There, there, there. We love you. Like, like, no, we love you. Enough to tell you that that is going to mess you up. That's going to bring more confusion, more frustration, more disorientation, more dysfunction, more depression, more frustration. You, You with me? We love you enough to confront things that aren't right both in your life personally, but also in culture. We're not afraid to speak truth in culture. We just, we live that culture, or truth lives in tension with love. But let me say this. Love cannot truly exist without truth. Okay. Rivers restore. We have a lot of things to fix these days. There are a lot of broken things in San Diego County. It's the church's job to restore them. We will restore them with love and truth. Sometimes truth is confrontational. That wasn't like the friendliest conversation I've ever heard. He was calling her on her deception. But there must have been something about the way he was saying it. It wasn't with judgment. It wasn't with, it was actually saying, no, actually, I have something for you that's better than where you are. You just can't access it without truth, without knowing I'm the way and the truth and the life. You with, you with us, if we're going to be restorers and carry the river of God, it has to be that tension of truth and love. Good? Okay, let's keep moving. A river has intention. 
A river has intention. Rivers bring life to their intended destination. I'll tell you a funny story. We were living in Poway before we burned the ships. <laughs> moved to the Treasure Valley. But um, I don't know if you know this, but in San Diego, you, you need a, a good irrigation system in your yard. Okay? And we had a few zones at our uh, Poway house. And one, one day I was out walking the, the yard, and I realized one of the um, zones was in revival. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a God spa. They were, it was like the happiest place in the yard. It was bubbling. It was extraordinarily alive and full of, like, water. But the problem was, the purpose of that zone wasn't to have its own little God spa moment. The purpose of that zone was to irrigate that sector of the yard. And I'll tell you something about revival and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not against encountering God. I'm, I'm actually 100% for you developing a lifestyle where you spend time with God, where you spend time full and filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again. But I'm going to tell you, it's not for you to live in this little God spa while the world dies all around you, while the world die, dries out and has no life and no source. Because the problem with our yard was that the zone that was having a God spa moment, the rest of that part of the yard was drying out. Wasn't getting water. Imagine this for a minute. The early disciples talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. 120 of them in the upper room waiting on the Lord. Well, actually, that hadn't happened yet. Wait, wait, wait. God, we're believing for the power of the Holy Spirit. Imagine them, though. Imagine the early apostles called to turn the world upside down. The power of God comes and hits them. And then they just decide to stay in it. We've just been up here in the upper room for like three years now. It's amazing. Oh, my gosh, it's so incredible. God's so good. Oh, Oh my gosh, I have all these revelations. Oh my gosh, it's so extraordinary. Meanwhile, out in the world where they've been sent to go to bring life and truth is in decay and destruction and frustration and torment and people all around them are not encountering God. You, you with me? Imagine, imagine. And we live in this world where we're, like a lot of us are into this encounter thing. I'm into encounters. But encounters need to follow with purpose. You come out of the presence of God and you're like, all right, God, you've called me to do this. You've called me to fix that. You've called me to bring life to irrigate. You with me? And then you get out there and you're like, dang, it's really dark out here. It's really dry out here. They don't like me out here. They're persecuting me. I need more courage. I better go back to where the power is. God, man, I, I don't want to go back out there. I really don't. I, can I stay in here with you? I was like, no, I sent you into all the world. Go make disciples. Yeah, but it's nice in here, like it's safe in here. If you're going to send me back out there, I need more courage. Give us more boldness. And then the God shakes the place. You know why he shook the place? Because if God shakes you, the world can't. 
we have to, have to, have to, have to be people that encounter God regularly. Have to, have to, have to love the altars. Love the altars. Love men's prayer. Love it. Devote yourself to being here. Men's prayer is everything for men who want to be used by God in the world. You have to get into an environment where you're constantly in the presence and the holiness and the fire of heaven so that you begin to conduit this river of life into the world you're sent. Amen? Amen. Rivers serve. Rivers serve. You know, one of the things that Jesus, you know, his disciples were cool, a bit competitive. They're like the men out in El Cajon. They like winning. I remember the first time um, I came to a connect group at Awaken. It was like, it was Michael Hundley's connect group, and it was like sports, it was soccer. And I remember going, oh boy, we'll see how this goes. I've been on church sports teams, and they're like some of the most pathetic things I've ever seen in my life. Like God came to castrate men and make them meek and mild and weak. Like somehow God is glorified when men have no... We'll keep this um, emerge and cherish friendly. But we do believe that it still takes stones to take down giants. So we show up and um, I'm like, part of the restoration of Awaken for me was Pastor Michael Hunley. Guy's a freaking stud athlete. But he prays and he seeks God, but he's like, good. And he wants to win. The only person in his family that wants to win more than him is Pastor Lisa. The only time that Pastor Michael Hunley ever sleeps on the couch is when he comes home and he doesn't have a W. She's like, babe, that's just not good enough. It's not good enough. Oh, bang. Imagine the pressure he lives under. The disciples, like, they were, like, all about it. Like, they were competitive. They were fishermen. I imagine they were com- comparing, like, the catch. You with me? You know they were. We got to get away from religious that, like, wipes humanity off of, like, people. God chose young fishermen, rough guys that were competitive and that had to eke out a living. Like, you know what I mean? It mattered if they were successful. It mattered if they had a good day uh, on the lake or not. They had families to feed. And so he chose men like that, that and, and here they come, and they're like, we want to be the greatest. And God's like, or Jesus, God, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like what Pastor Jurgen says, oh, myself. <laughs> they're like, we want to be the greatest. How do we be the greatest? And what I love about Jesus is he didn't have a problem with their appetite to be great. He wanted to show them how to be great. He says, let me tell you how to be great. I have no desire with you desiring to be great. But the only way you can be great 
is if you become the servant, the greatest servant. How many people can you put above yourself? How many people can you put above you? How many people can you exist to serve? And if you can enlarge your ability to serve more people, it's one of the reasons we like Pathfinders. It's one of the reasons we like prosperity. Not so that we can have more people serving us, but prosperity puts you in a position where you can serve more people. You can serve more needs. You can do more good. You can help more people. I haven't seen poverty help a lot of people. Just, just being straight. If you think prosperity is all about you, you missed it. Because Jesus said greatness is all about serving. But positioning yourself in a place of strength so you can serve more people is a good thing. Get to the Pathfinder's breakfast. <laughs> Finally, rivers eternal. I'm going to end with this story and we're going to be done. Can't believe I'm on time, Pastor Michael Hundley. Yeah. And I want to prepare you. The altar team's going to be up here. The worship team's going to come back up. You need the power of God in your life. You really do. There's an extraordinary family here um, from San Diego, from East County. And it's uh, Barbara and Terrence Castor. And they founded um, um, public storage here. And... Uh, they, yeah, A1 Source, thank you. And um, great, great family, incredible family. One of the most generous families. In, uh, I think it was eight, 1989, they had a real heart for mission. They had a real heart for serving people. They had a real heart to help the poor and the unfortunate, which is really important, actually, that you're using your influence to lift people. Just want you to know, rivers go into places to bring life to the places that don't have life. So that's what we're talking about here. And um, so the casters uh, ran into Mother Teresa, of all people, in Tijuana, Mexico. Anybody heard of Mother Teresa? <laughs> talk about serving a lot of people. If you talk about the definition of greatness, how many people can you serve? What made Mother Teresa remarkable was not actually that she served the poor. It's how many of the poor she was able to serve. She gave her life to serve the most and the maximum, the optimum amount of people. That's why she was great. That's why we celebrate her. That's why you know her name. Just saying. Um, well, the casters ran into her in Tijuana. And they were so struck by her passion for the poor and her selflessness that they said, surely we need to sell our businesses and join you in Tijuana or wherever you go. But you know what Mother Teresa said to her? I don't know if they called her Mother Teresa back then, but Sister T. <laughs> I don't know. Back then, she said to the casters, I love your heart to serve, but God has put a gift in your life to make money. Why don't you use your gift to serve the poor? What makes you think that it's holy to lay down what you're good at, gifted at, engineered for, designed for? 
when God turns the power on in your engineering, businesses just work. Instead of thinking that it's holy to get away from what you're good at, your engineering, your wiring, why don't you plug your wiring in and serve me by going back to work? And so the casters went home from that encounter with Mother Teresa with a passion to build a business so that they could source and fund and finance Mother Teresa. You tracking with me? And what I want to say is don't think that rivers eternal are only when you're doing holy things, Nacho. God has, what's holy is what he's engineered you for. It's not what you do, it's who you do it for and how many people you're able to serve with the way you're wired. If we're gonna take East County, if we're gonna take San Diego, if we're gonna take Salt Lake City, if we're gonna take the Treasure Valley, Jeremy, we're all gonna need to serve. We're all gonna need to bring our engineering back to God, offer ourselves to him to repair us, restore us, get us working again, get us functioning again, and then plugged back in to his power so his river of life flows through us and people are served and impacted. Amen. Hey, let's stand on our feet. I really want to uh, um, bring the, the prayer team up. It's Wednesday night. Don't leave here without getting a touch from heaven. And I want to ask a couple questions real quick, okay? I want to move away from church being, or the altars being a place where I screwed up again and I just need forgiveness. Now listen, these altars are always a place to find forgiveness, always a place to find mercy, always a place to get it right again, always a place. But I want you to think differently about the altars from this day forward. Where does God want to turn the power on in your life? I always respond to altar calls because I'm looking at needs out there that I don't have the ability to meet without his power. And I've tried to reorient my life to be not about me anymore, to be about serving and helping more people. But I find myself oftentimes frustrated with my own ability to help people. So I'm coming to the altar to receive power so that God can use my life to help more people. You with me? Who's on the other side of your life working? Who's on the other side of your life empowered? Who's on the other side of your life filled with his Holy Spirit? What if you started thinking more about what he wanted to do through you instead of what he just wanted to do to you? We have to graduate as Christians from a life's about me, Jesus, I need this, I need that, I need this bill paid, I need this arm healed. I, yeah, that's great. That's what children are like. We have, we've had four children. It's all about what they need. 
But what you hope in your children is they graduate from immaturity to maturity. Maturity means I'm taking responsibility for my own self. You don't have to clean up after me anymore. But I also want to be used by God to, to bring a blessing. You with me? I want us to come to altars with a mature mindset. God, fill me with power. You got something for me to do. You got somebody out there needs my life to work. Come and shift me. Come and heal me. Come and restore me. Come and turn the power back on in my life. You with me? I want to see full altars. I want to see an appetite to be used by God in the hour we're in. I feel it, Pastor Hunley's. He wants to turn the power on in East County. He, want, and not, he didn't buy, the, we didn't, he didn't bring us a building for us to just come and feel refreshed. He gave us a building like this to turn the power on out here. Listen, hear me, hear me, hear me. Last thing I'm gonna say, last thing I'm gonna say. Last thing I'm gonna say. The moment this building got built, the whole block started to change. And, and, and it's an external picture of what God is actually doing out here. He's, he's changing everything in East County. He's breaking addiction in East County. He's breaking um, fatherlessness. He's breaking broken families. And he's, he's breaking cycles out here. He's breaking hopelessness and despair out here. He's breaking poverty out here. He's breaking poverty in East, in East County. He's breaking it. He's breaking it. You're a cycle breaker. You're a person that has had the cycle broken in your life, and now you enforce cycle breaking. Holy Spirit, I just want to thank you. If you're here tonight and you feel, number one, you feel like you need to get your relationship with God back in order. He built you to work, but you're not working for him. You've been living your own life, your own way, doing your own thing, disconnected from him, disconnected from your purpose. You've actually been living and it's all about you. And you know it's time to surrender your life to Jesus because it really is, should be all about him and all about others. That's when life begins. When you lose your life, you find it. That's where you find life is when you lose it. This gospel... It's not all about you. Gospel is when you surrender your life to make it all about him and all about the world you're set in. If you're here and you're disconnected from that and you want to get reconnected, I just need to see your hands. I just need to see who I'm talking to. Because we're going to change right now. We're going to change. There's a, a, a lot of us. I love honesty. I love authenticity. I love it. I, if the lights are like kind of on me so I can see most, but there's people around that are looking, they're finding you. Let's pray with me, will you? Pray. I mean, there's, there's probably 30 of us that have our hands up. Repeat after me. Father God, you're so good, so faithful, so consistent, so loving towards me. There's no shadow of turning in you. You're the father of lights. You built me to work, to function, to be healthy. You made me in your image, in your likeness, to represent you. I realize I've been representing myself. 
I've been living for myself. Disconnected from your power because it's been all about me. I changed my mind about that today. This is really what, just you don't have to repeat, you don't have to repeat this after me, but this is really what repentance is. It's like, God, I've been living for myself. I came into an awareness, man, that that's a shallow life. That's a boring life. It's a tiring life. It's an empty life. I'm changing my mind about life. And I'm going to now start to live for you. And I'm going to make you not just my savior who gets me to heaven, but my king and my master. And I'm going to make myself available to you. That's repentance. That's what we're doing here. So that was a little pause in the middle of our prayer. We're going to pick it right back up. We can do that. We can do that. That's okay. Father God, I repent. I changed my mind about living for me. In fact, living for you is what's best for me. I choose to make you my master. I want to be your servant engineered to work for you, to serve my city, to serve my family, to serve my community. Come and fill me with your power so that I can function for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now. Bye for now.